Welcome to QRD Radio, everybody. We're working on our interviews with artistic dads about balancing family and art. And we've got Sean Atkins. He's a cartoonist from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I met him in 2012 during my cyberpunk apocalypse residency. He's got a lot of different projects he's done over the years, and I'll let him uh, tell you about them first off right here. Welcome, Sean. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, it has been like 10, 15 years, or not 15, but yeah, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, it's nice talking to you again. Yeah, man. Uh, I guess I should mention we did we did do the collaboration, which I have dropped the ball on. I think you were the last one saying, well, when, are, when, is, when am I getting my next part to work on? Yeah, I was, yeah, I've been wondering, uh, I am actually still interested in doing that too. And I'm like, cause I liked how the, the, I think it was the second or third one that I did. I liked how that turned out and I was like, oh, cool. I'm kind of curious. Cause the good thing about working with you, I don't get to find out what happens at the end. And so it was like coming like a really good script. And uh, I was like experimenting with ideas of like, I guess maybe solitude and shadows and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I like I, when I collaborate with people, I like I like there to be something where I can react to what they did instead of planning everything too far in advance. So mm-hmm. I like to, you know, like I, I don't for me, for me, that's keeps me interested. You know, otherwise, why am I bothering to collaborate if if. Uh, you know if i'm not going to collaborate in a way you know what i mean yeah um that so oh, and that one was called a c base is it was it 17 yeah 17 17 yeah yeah I, I liked it so i i, I still like it <laughs> um yeah anyways i guess uh you're asking me what have i been up to so basically the last couple of years my current project that i have not that hasn't really gone to light outside of like Instagram and Patreon. Um, I guess the plug is patreon.com slash coffee comics. You can support me there for a dollar as low as a dollar, I should say. And you get all behind the scenes stuff. Sorry for the quick plug. I didn't mean to sound like no, a no, no, that's the way it's supposed to be. So uh, I am working on a fantasy story i guess sci-fi science science sci-fi i don't know basically a fantasy story kind of like in the vein of like conan the barbarian but i'm also mixing a whole bunch of other stuff that i like like i've just fell back into my childhood of teenage years of like uh reading joe madura's uh, uh battle chasers um to kind of give myself an idea of what I'm trying to do and yeah, like a little bit of tropes. I was like reading uh, this obscure late seventies, early eighties comic by Marvel called weird world. I think it's, obscure. Oh yeah. I think that something's going on where that's coming back into, uh, to the limelight, but I'm not sure why. Well, I knew they did some sort of crossover thing, like for one of their um, massive uh, events like in the mid-2010s. And I actually picked that up because I was like, oh, maybe this will be related to what I had because I hadn't had that, those cop or that issues yet of the original run. So I just figured, oh, I'll pick this up. It's like two bucks. And I think I found it at Ollie's. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's where I've seen it as well. Yeah, so I'm like, hell yeah, I'll grab it here. So, yeah, it's been pretty fun. Um, I'm also trying to infuse, like, manga and uh, just mostly that, like, the zip toning, the, the lack of panels and, like, borders and stuff like that. So it's been a fun project. Previously to that um, is another comic that I'm actually trying to shop around. Uh, not as active as I have, like I should be, which was called Eastbound and Cosmic, which was like like a send up of like Smokey and the Bandit, uh, a little bit of Dukes of Hazard, but you know, in space. Um, and that kind of came off of like this old uh, conversation I had when I was podcasting. Um, not on Nick Marino's show, but I did one called Figure It Out with a friend. And oh, yeah, with Jared, right? Yeah, with Jared. Uh, Jared another Catherine, Catherine, another cartoonist. Catherine. And, and yeah, I say it wrong. Interview him next. Yeah, I know. He just had the kid. I need to contact him. I don't know if he has much insight yet because his kid's like two months old or whatever. Yeah, but he's already taken into Pirates games also. I knew I saw that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, we took our kid to Florida like two months after, but that was because we had a prior obligation. I don't think if that was in the works, we wouldn't have went. <laughs> but, um, I mean, well, I mean, he, they, his work gave him a, uh, a leave, which is, um, which I think that would allow a lot more. A lot more uh, ability to do things. So, oh yeah, like I'm actually uh, generally envious of that couple because one, when Amelia was born, I guess this will go into the father stuff. When Amelia is born, I mean Steph, uh, that's my wife. She had, did have a job, but it was at the library because uh, we were still trying to make ends meet and I had like a temp job um, hoping to make it into a permanent and so Steph was actually all right to take as much time as she needed I think she was probably two three months off where I uh -huh. I only took a week I didn't know I was kind of more nervous about losing the job because you know we needed a job to kind of like we lived with my mother-in-law and so she was cool with it but still you know i wanted this job and keep it so you know have food you didn't want to live with your mother-in-law for the infinite future or whatever no as yeah. as much as rose is an awesome person and a saint i yeah we wanted our own space but yeah and so i only was able to take a week and after that week oh man i was so sad <laughs> Because it just seemed like I was missing everything. Yeah. I did not want to come back. And I think I might even said that to a couple of my coworkers. Like, to be honest, I really didn't want to come back just yet. Uh, I wish I would have took a, uh, maybe two, three weeks. I don't know. I just know week was not enough for me. But I guess that's the breaks when, you know, you live in a country that doesn't want to uh, help parents out. So uh, when did you know you were going to 
you when did you know you were gonna work as a cartoonist you know as a lifelong hobby career whatever you, whichever way you want to look at it in, in your current era um i mean i'm still trying but it's more or less like i think i've just kind of shifted gears a bit where i realize now being a cartoonist you can't just solely be one thing you have to do multiple things and wear multiple hats like as in like streams of of uh, revenue so like i'm going back to school to be a art teacher for the k through 12 uh oh, cool public schools so um half of me is like i am doing it for passion like i would love to spread artwork and the love of art to you know little ones to high schoolers but also you know financially it may not be the most lucrative, but it'll definitely be the most steady. And I think in my state, uh, PA, they have a really good like unemployment or not unemployment. Um, uh, what is it? Retirement, health insurance, you know, the whole shebang. 401k, thing. all that. Yeah. yeah, the whole the whole lot. And so it's like, yeah, that kind of would like that. I'm getting older and. That just seems like a win. Yes, I do understand there are uh, pitfalls in this occupation, especially over the last couple of years. It, it definitely has not like gone over my head on that. I've been paying attention, but I still feel like this is a good idea. As well as, you know, trying to do more illustrations I've been finding myself doing because as much as I love doing comics, I find that take a long time to do, at least for me. And so you don't really get that gratification of a completion of something. I've completed comics and I've completed many of issues, but you know they might be months, if not years apart. And so being a creative person, you know, you want to kind of have a little bit more gratification in your work or else you're just going to drive yourself nuts. Yes. <laughs> so in that case, I've done like illustrations and I mean, I'm still doing the freelance stuff, but I think this time around it's different because they know me more as the illustrator guy than a comics guy, which is not a bad thing or a good thing. I mean, it's, it's just a thing. I think because it just kind of came from just reaching out to my local art organizations and saying, hey, I kind of would like a change. Can you guys help me with that change? Oh, that's cool that the local art actually actually helps. Sometimes sometimes those places seem like such a club where it's, you know, like an old Betty's club or whatever. Yeah, I thought that too for a long time, but then I started actually talking to them and and like trying to follow through i mean and don't get me wrong a lot of it is on me as well like sometimes i wouldn't follow through on it because i would get caught up in something or like you know life gets in the way but for the most part they've actually really been open to it that i do comics i actually got a grant from what was it i know it's off the heinz endowment but it's like 
I think it was like a, um, I keep calling it the Black People Grant because it was like a Black Creative Grant. But oh. basically, it's like a, a BIPOC grant uh, to do my comic, uh, Eastbound and Cosmic. I pitched to them and they gave me money for it. And I was like, that is awesome. So, I mean, did they they're paying for the printing or whether, or they just paid you to be able to take time off to work on it? Or So, for this grant, I did ask for both. And unfortunately, they only gave me partial funding. I did ask uh, when I submitted my um, my budget, which a lot of um, people are like, yo, you can go higher than that. You should go higher than that. And so being the cheap person that I am and figuring like, well, I know how to print stuff on a budget. You know, it's like, <laughs> just give me two sticks and some twine and I'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> so. They're like, but yeah, you can go higher than that. But I have a feeling if I would have went higher, I'd have got it. But yeah, I did. When I submitted my budget, I did say like, it'll take this much time for me to do it. And then this much to print like a limited run and this much to advertise it. Cause I was looking into advertising it on Instagram as well as they're talking about getting a copywriter. And I was like, all right, I guess so. that would be a good idea, too. So. And then so I did submitted. They, did they only only uh, fund line by line or? No, they didn't say. They just cut me a check and said this was uh, unrestricted. Oh. It was like for so 500 bucks. So I know one of the grants I got, it was very much you had to uh, like if you give them the line by line, they will like eliminate like we're not we're. We're paying you for the printing, but this idea that we're paying you for your time, no, we're not doing that. You know, now, for this, they just cut me a check saying, hey, this was a good idea, but we're going to give you this unrestricted check. Go with God, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, cool. Awesome. All right. So I still need to print it. I finished it. It just took me a little bit longer. So you've been you've been doing this. You You started doing this in high school, right? The comics thing? Yeah. Yeah, for the most part, I think. Yeah. Gosh, it's been a while. Yeah, probably like high school, probably uh, junior high, definitely, because I had signed up. There used to be called Newspaper Club, uh-huh. I think it was called. But basically, in junior high, I was able to be like their cartoonist because I asked them, I was like, could I do a comic in it and they're like yes of course you can and i was like thank you so i would make these gag strips i was more heavily into like looney tunes and animaniacs back then so all of them looked like looney tunes and animaniacs just with different characters like my characters and it came out like four times a year the school year so it was like one for each season and i would just toss in stuff and uh whatever i thought was funny that was that you could run in a paper. <laughs> and then, yeah, in high school, I carried it. I didn't really go that far with it, no more than I normally did, like in junior high. I think I want to say I was hanging out with uh, a friend of mine who I also call mentor. His name is Aaron Bordner. Uh, I think I was hanging out more with him because he was in Fremont by that time. And so, but I never went to the conventions until maybe like my senior year. 
I think I visited my first convention just to see what they're about, which was pretty fun. It was actually up in Novi, uh, Michigan. I was funny enough. I was actually digging through some old photos the other week. And uh, I found a couple of them there. Like I had a picture of the General Lee. The I had a, I have a picture of me and Joe Kubert, which I kind of wish back then I was more deep into comics like I am now. Like I I was reading comics then, but you know, as a kid, you're just kind of reading whatever the flashy junk is. Like you read, like don't get me wrong, I love me some Joe Madeira. Obviously, twenty years later. I decided to buy them again, but yeah. now I have like the history and I, I would, if I had a chance to meet him again, I would, I'd have probably boned up on him. Like he's not my particular favorite, uh, sober age cartoonist, but I would probably have had a lot more respect and talk to him a lot more about stuff. Like how was things back in the day? Why didn't he ever jump to Marvel? You know, uh, I also met George Perez at that comic shop too, or at that convention as well. Was there 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 was there an ability to actually talk to him still in that era, or it was like you yeah. paid fifty dollars to get something signed? Well, I don't remember if we had anything signed. Like I said, I wasn't I wasn't into them like those two professionals. Mm-hmm. Like even though I know George Perez at that time was doing a, Avengers. I wasn't into Avengers. I think by the time he was doing Marvel stuff, if Joe Madura left X-Men, I probably jumped over to more indie stuff mm-hmm. around that time. Cause I tended, I always tend to follow the artists more than writers, or at least I did back then. Yeah. Cause I don't really have any allegiance to particular characters, you know, that are, mainstream like when i always hear people get belly hurt about what happened in the spider-man and i'm like just give it two years he'll go back to status quo <laughs> you know like yeah. i'm not gonna get butt hurt about it I'll, I'll just decide not to pick it up but if i hear like there's a interesting writer on it like i would like to read fantastic four right now because the ryan north i heard he's i liked him on squirrel girl and I think I also read some of his, uh, I think it was like dinosaur comics. But yeah. When yeah, I hear good things about the new Fantastic Four, but at the same time, it's like it was, yeah. they were, I never had, like, like you said, I never had any allegiance. To, like there are characters I do have an allegiance to. And those characters, whenever I read somebody do something by them, I'm always let down. You know, yeah, like you know. I always go to a Fantastic Four book, but I'm not going to get butt hurt if they like replace the thing with somebody else, or you know they decide to gender swap the whole team, and I'm like, yeah, all right, that's fine. Yeah, I might question it just because I'm curious, but it's not so much like, oh no, why? Like eventually, that stuff usually gets retooled back to back to basics. Yeah, it doesn't even matter anyway. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm there for the story. Like if it's a good story, it keeps me along. And I mean, I I always like Fantastic Four. But yeah, in high school, I did comics. <laughs> I was actually just reminiscing about this one story. Funny enough, I actually got in trouble for a comic. And it wasn't even mine. <laughs> so in my hometown, there's like maybe a handful of us that are doing some sort of comics. And uh, I was you know, always down at the art hall 
that was where all the art classes are. There's like this one hall and they had like three rooms and it was like, you know, all the art, all the art teachers were there for some reason, maybe. And it was our, it was like a dark and dank hall for some reason, if I remember right. It was never really brightly lit. <laughs> but anyways, a friend and I had signed up to do the art show like we had a piece in there but as well as to sell our comics like we asked them hey do you mind if we sell comics there and they're like yeah sure go ahead and i knew that me and my friend were safe on comics material because uh, we didn't really cuss that much in there in our comics back then but my other friend i'm just going to name names so it's easy for me to tell a story so like me and my friend Casey went to our teacher and say, hey, do you mind if we sell comics? He's like, yes, comics is an art. I'm like, heck yeah. And so probably like a week or so beforehand the show, we went to our friend Mikey, who had some comics as well. And he's like, hey, do you mind putting my comic on your table? I was like, yeah, I don't see why not. And he had like this Giver looking character. And in his comic, it had the word shit. That was it. Mm -hmm. I think it was like a reaction type of word, too. It was like someone like someone out of the bushes like shot at him, and he's like saying shit. And we knew that, and we're just like, yeah, okay, well, you know, we'll tell people, like, this is 18 and over, and, you know, don't, you know, don't show your parents this or something like that. And so at the show, at the art show, we're selling them, and you know, selling our comics, they're a poor quarter. Like, these are like the old, like the mini comics. Not so much like the small as what you did. Uh-huh. But like uh, one of those. Just quarters. like a piece of, a sheet of paper folded into four. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly that. So we had them and we're selling them like for a quarter. And, you know, we're like, yes, yes. You know, because. And we had, I remember, <laughs> we had other friends just like going around like we just told them like hey yo like tell these people to go like buy our book just like say wow this is so neat or something <laughs> it kind of worked i think but yeah it, so anyways every time someone would come up and look at it or like yeah this is pretty good just so you know there's a cuss word in it and they they'd giggle and they're like okay whatever <laughs> And, you know, the whole day, we're just like, this is all right, but I'm just saying, this has a cuss word in it. Like, we didn't, we didn't hide it. It wasn't going to be a surprise, you know. So, we went back, the show was over, and, you know, the rest of the weekend, I don't know what I was doing for the rest of the weekend. I might have been goofing off, like I usually did. Drank Fago, I don't know. Um... So Monday morning. So that following Monday, I mean, for the for the most part, we were kind of just like, yeah, we're on a high. We we sold some comics. I mean, it wasn't like much. It was like maybe five dollars. But, you know, we looked at it like as a profit point of view because we didn't spend that much on printing. And this was at your local like Kroger store. So, you know. Outside of that, we didn't really have we didn't really uh spend that much so we're on a high and then on monday morning we're all just kind of chilling me and my friend uh casey 
and like a couple other people that we used to hang with in the art hall. You know, we're just like chilling and all of a sudden Mr. Epley, he was my, uh, he was the photography teacher there, also hard, uh, head of the art department. And he was like, boys, come in here. But he sounded like Forrest Gump. And so it was, it was interesting because I actually, well, not the Forrest Gump part. It was interesting because I'd never seen him like this. He was my, he was my photography teacher. He was kind of known as like a laid back guy. You know, I never catch caught his ire because I was just, you know, I loved being in this class, just like all the art, other art classes we had at the, at the high school. And, you know, he pulls us over and he's like, so I don't care what you guys do outside of school. He was just yelling at us because apparently a parent had called in saying about like a, like one of their kids had a comic that had a cuss word in it and it was the word shit. Like, yeah, we kind of knew we were kind of gambling with that, but also it was like, you know, we, we told the students, we told kids, not like high, I think it was like high schoolers mostly that we'd say like, yeah, don't get this. You know, we, we, we vetted them. Like we weren't having like little kids pick up our stuff. There really wasn't any little kids there, but still, you know, and he's just howling, just yelling at us. And he's like, I don't care if you guys get, uh, what did he say? Like buck naked and dress like a chicken and climb up the flagpole. You don't do that. Okay. <laughs> That's not cool. <laughs> and me being, I don't know. I had to look at that picture, but I'd imagine like 17 and I'm just like, my eyes are kind of bugging out because I never heard him talk like this because it was like, like I said, you know, I I particularly liked his class and I never really got in trouble there except for that one time. And he's just like, and I kind of felt like I betrayed him, which was interesting. Because I don't know, maybe because he was just a nice guy. And so I felt like I betrayed his trust that I did this one thing wrong. <laughs> Now, mind you, my character then, as well as now, is not like a bootlicker or a brown noser, you know. But it was just kind of like I vibed in the art hall, like, really well. And yeah. so to have this, I was just like, oh, no. And it took me a couple of weeks to, like, kind of work up to talk to him a little bit. Like, I did talk to him because we had, I think I still had photography class that semester. I can't really remember when the uh that incident happened but i just remembered it happened and uh it could have been like the maybe in may i don't know but either way it, it did take me a couple weeks just kind of like not be nervous around him because <laughs> like i said he was like a really cool guy you know and i didn't want to i i uh didn't want to betray that so yeah, that's that's what happened after that. <laughs> so uh, what, how old were you when you realized you were going to want to be a dad one day? Um, I think it was always in the cards for me. Like I always wanted to be like a dad. Um, I mean, I didn't know all the like the nuts and bolts and logic behind it. I just know that. 
it'd just be like a good thing to have or good not to have like kids are a, a product to have like a pokemon uh, it was just like one of those things where it was like you know people would ask me like oh do you ever see yourself as a dad and i'm like you know what well, yeah that'd be kind of cool i mean for the longest time i kind of had like that old archaic uh, notion of like having a wife and a kid or kids and you know a white picket fence you know so i always felt like it was always in the cards so i really don't have like a timeline for that and probably i had to say maybe in my mid-20s maybe early 20s i really was like yeah that would be a good idea but then again i think in my early 20s i was still trying to survive <laughs> yeah. like my jobs were paying maybe like 50 cents above minimum wage depending on what i had so but yeah like it, it was it was kind of early on i always thought it would be cool and i think uh and this is before we all knew how much of a monster he was i kind of was driving if i was going to be a dad to be uh bill cosby because uh, he was like that iconic dad at that time uh, in yeah, the nineties. You don't want to be like Bill Cosby now, right? No, 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 no. Hell, hell, no, no, no. <laughs> and I definitely didn't want to have my dad be like Bill Cosby when I was young. My dad was kind of a jerk, not to be like in uh, like uh, TMI, but he was always like a really mean person. Um. And I always thought it would be cool to have like Bill Cosby as my dad because I saw him on television every Thursday at my at my uh, babysitter's house, and uh, you know he was always sitting he was always sitting down with Theo and just like talking it out, you know, where my dad always like raised his hand to me, and so I was like, man, I wish my dad was like that. Not anymore. <laughs> no, my dad's an angel compared to that guy. Uh, it is a bit of a letdown now. But yeah. oh well. Sometimes you you shouldn't know about your heroes, or something like that. I don't know. Basically. Sure. So, what are some positive and negative impacts you feel like having a family has had on your cartooning? Um, not really much, to be honest. I mean, people always kind of. I always feel like people get hung up on that. Like they think that having a kid will take up a lot of their time. And I mean, it does. It definitely does. But I think you can find workarounds and just try to make it work. So I never really found me like becoming a dad and a partner when it comes to, you know, raising our child, you know, as like a, a negative thing towards it. The positives are, I don't know, you get to share a lot of the pop culture stuff uh, with your kid. If you're in that type, if you're that type of dad, <laughs> um, you just get to see the positives. I get to see my kid discover art for the first time, and that's actually pretty thrilling. Do you think you're you're making the comics has had any impact on your kid? Um, maybe a little. I think so. I mean, she's been around comic conventions when i was going to them you know 
know, and she seemed like she really dug it. And she she probably is a lot more of a nerd because of that outside of her mom reading uh, a whole bunch of books like Lord of the Rings and stuff. So, I mean, and we have plenty of books in the house. Given the given that it does take a lot of your a lot of your time and weekend space having a daughter, do you uh, wish you'd done more conventions earlier on, or you feel like like you did enough anyway? I fully do admit, like maybe that is the one negative thing is I couldn't do more conventions when Amelia was when we were born, even though you know Steph said it was or Steph, my wife said it would have been okay. I think in my mind. I really just wanted to see her grow up. And, you know, I can't I can't put a price on time. And so being at conventions wasn't really much of a priority. So the answer to your questions, uh yeah. Beforehand, I wish I would have went to more. Um, I definitely if I had a second chance, I would have probably rethought my whole convention game in the way I should have been instead of how it became to be. Uh, I have entertained a couple thoughts about doing like conventions and I actually even was like, yeah, you know what, maybe I can time it around like a uh, a family vacation or something. Yeah. Not like going to San Diego, but, you know, something like that where it's like, yeah, you know what, I haven't been out the Reading in a long time. There used to be a, a convention out there. Forget what it was called. It was in Reading, PA. It was actually really fun. I think a podcasting, uh, a podcaster group threw it together for a couple of years. I never knew what happened to it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them, you know, it's they're a labor of love. And then it's like when you realize how much money you're losing instead of making doing it, you know, yeah. something something happens in life where you can't afford to lose $500, 500 hours uh, every year or whatever, you know. Yeah, that's what kind of came down to it as well. Like, that's why I don't do too many conventions now, at least comic conventions. I kind of, this will definitely sound like old man shaking fist at cloud, but it kind of was becoming where it didn't seem like the audience I was trying to get to read my comics or try to entertain weren't really receptive to it. Like, they weren't into that type of thing. They'd rather... You know, they would skip my table often, maybe because they didn't know what I was selling or or what. But it just seemed like when I was starting out in this game, it seemed like, you know, people would randomly show up and they're just like, yeah, OK. They thumb through the book and if they like it, they read it. If they don't, they don't. Where it just seemed like a lot of times now. You know, a lot of them will be like, eh. Or just pass me out, right? I feel like that with my stuff, too, because, you know, my stuff is so zany. And, uh, you know, as as more and more people started to print with the Kablam or whoever the current print-on-demand person is, you know, that, that they the books are more or less indistinguishable from the the books that you would buy in the comic shop. It's like, it seemed like more and more people were only buying this the stuff with that flicker production value, which is that is the stuff that I don't really I don't generally care for 
like I think like a lot of the modern comics are bad and then like the third tier generation of people trying to do the same thing is even worse you know I'd rather like like the zini stuff where people are discovering their own thing and all that I'm kind of hit or miss on that because to tell you the truth I kind of liked when uh, we were able to do print on demand I mean I still do it to this day but I see I like to do more like graphic novels you know I like to print them up like that and I I tried to make them interesting, but I totally feel you on that, where it's like... No, I was saying Thunder Girl. I felt like, you know, Thunder Girl's design was designed to uh, be, you know, a full comic book or whatever. But, like, a lot of the people doing them, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I like... Know, like you say, I'm an old man shaking my fist at the cloud. Yeah, I did. Like, uh, what was it? Grandpa Simpson, he's shaking his fist at cloud, and it's a newspaper that says old man shaking shaking a fist at a cloud or something like that. So I, cause it, you know, cause I guess it's, I'm not that much in the convention scene. So I can't really say like, like I feel my opinion, you know, might be slightly out of date. So someone that has been working at like for the last five years or three years might actually have a better opinion. Like, Oh yeah, you just, you know, they might say, oh, well, you just didn't do this right or something, you know. But for the yeah. most part, it seemed, I don't know, like it, that's my thoughts on it. And plus table conventions or conventions are just getting more expensive to set up at. And it's like, what was it? My local convention just recently happened. It was, it, it's called Three Rivers Con. Very great show. Like I did maybe the first two shows. But then they went down to a local convention center called David Lawrence Convention Center. We all call it like the David Lawrence or something. And, you know, the tables kind of went higher. And I think it was like Artist Alley tables were like maybe 300 or maybe 200. I might be blown out of proportion. I definitely know it was like triple digit. And I definitely was like, you know what? As cool as this was, I... I can't afford that. I'm not, I, I don't make enough off of my table to justify that cost for yeah. two days and hang out. Like, yeah, it's cool to see old friends that you only see at conventions. And that's great. I love that. But it's not worth like triple digit me trying to hustle to make money. And at the end of the day, I'm not really seeing all that much. I mean, it like yeah. I said, I love seeing everybody there. Like I, I miss some old con uh, convention pals, but yeah, it's not worth me spending that much money. So yeah, that's right. I'm sure reeled it back, and so it's like the combination of like the people and the convention money, and it's like you know what, I'm I'm going to pivot to something different. So. So does Amelia have an opinion of your comics or she hasn't really read them or? Amelia never hasn't read them because they're a little too old for her right now. I've, I've been dying to do one for her age group, but I don't know. Sometimes I get like caught up in my own creative weeds. And so, you know, I'll be like, yeah, I'll work on this idea next. And then I don't. I'd rather do this thing that involves like, I don't know, blood or something or sex, <laughs> not sex, but, you know, just stuff that's 
more adult oriented or mature. That's above her uh, grade level. Um, she has seen it. I don't know. Like, I guess I can always give her Thunder Girl and see what she says. She knows I draw and she sees that I draw every day. And she gets excited about it. She did back in the day would look at my comics a little bit. But it was like unlettered and like safe for work, you know? Do you think you could ever do a collaboration with her? I would love that. I think so. I've tried. I, I really tried. I figured like, well, when she was maybe three or four or maybe five, and I had the idea of, well, what if I do this comic and she does background, but it'll be at a part where, you know, it doesn't matter what she draws as long as it's something. So, you know, I was making up a storyline where this little girl goes to another dimension and, you know, I had fully ideas of just like, and then she can just draw what she wants and I can just slap it in the background. But I didn't come up with that. I uh, I uh, didn't follow through and I kind of kicked myself a little bit. So, but I always opened the door for it. Although right now she thinks comic books are not real books. So kind of want to pin her ears back on that one. <laughs> Starting to give me like a parental complex of like <laughs> my mom. <laughs> If you have any any advice for for the listeners, uh, what's that cornball one where they say follow your dreams? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> follow your dreams and everything will happen. Never be discouraged about like if you have a kid on the way, you can do both. You can art it up and have a kid and take care of that kid and find balance. It might be a little difficult from time to time, but you know, life's not easy. As well as you can incorporate it, like your kid in this stuff. Like I, uh, a good example. I took my kid to comic book conventions when I was going. I do more art markets now, and she comes. You know, and she's doing art. May not be the like, the comics that I do, but she does it, and I'm just as happy that she's doing art. Um. So yeah. It never is the end of, I think a lot of artists that might, you know, might have a kid coming or something like that might feel like, oh, no, no, I have to slow it down or something like that. Or I have to conform to whatever parental myth that we've established in this society. And that's not true at all. So, yeah, just just keep being you parent to be or young person or is this more of like you want advice for young people that are trying to do comics or something it doesn't make any difference whoever you think might listen and you have some information that'll make them encouraged i think instead of discouraged i don't i don't think you should tell people to not do things but uh, but at the <laughs> same time i i do feel like you like I don't know if when you were growing up, you were given the same thing that I was given where it's where it was like the if you follow your dreams, everything will fall together. And that that yeah. decidedly did not happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I got that same thing too. be passionate. Yeah. I mean, I think it's dreams. I think it's a certain age range that really had that drilled into them. And it's it's yeah. it's real frustrating. But uh, yeah, thanks for yeah. talking to me. And uh, no problem. Brian, 
trying to get it all 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 fixed up man awesome thanks for for chatting and uh for being a inspiration to to cartoonists and dads everywhere awesome well i'm i'm glad <laughs> you as well because you you'd be doing a lot of this dad stuff too <laughs>